Hi, welcome to Season 2, Episode 12 of the Pictures Out There podcast series with Lee Stewart and Dave Fogelman. Lee and Dave discuss Part 4 of a five-part mini-series called Getting Our Lives into a Great Balance. Today's topic is more on cognitive bias. Properly managing our human tendencies to skip cognitive steps helps us to behave better as people and as citizens. Let's explore. And now, here's Dave and Lee. Well, thank you very much for that kind introduction, Candy. This is Lee. And this is Dave. And welcome, everybody, to part four of a five-part miniseries on getting our lives into a great balance. Last time, we talked about cognitive biases and gave an introduction where we shared six of the dozen cognitive biases that we're going to talk about in this series. Today, we're going to hit the other six. And so today is more on our cognitive biases. So as we go through this discussion, we invite you to think about how each of these biases affect our pictures, our perspectives, our input, and our output. That's why we want to talk about this. And that great balance in our lives that most of us want to achieve. And most importantly, how we can recognize these biases in ourselves, we all have them, and flag them so we can actively set them aside when we need to and not let them limit all of the wonderful possibilities that life and relationships have to offer. So let's review the first six cognitive biases from our last podcast. Yes, there are 12. We covered six last time. We'll discuss six today. And let me reaffirm a point that Dave made. We all possess these, right? It's not a matter of I have a few, but not the others. We all possess these. We all must fight against them in order to achieve the great balance that we're seeking. In our last discussion, we talked about anchoring bias. This is when we believe the first information we're given or that Mm. we see or that we are told. Mm -hmm. The second bias we examined last time was called the availability heuristic bias. Now, that's quite a mouthful. What it means is we believe the information that is easily available to us often not by facts or statistics, but by the news or stories that we hear. The third bias was the bandwagon effect, when we choose to just believe what others in our peer group or a reference group believe. Mm, Okay. Number four that we looked at last week, we called the choice supportive bias. That's where we will continue to defend a choice that we've already made, even in the face of new facts. Mm Mm-hmm. Number five is confirmation bias. We tend to only give credence to information or input that confirms what we already believe, or we only hear information through the filter of our already existing knowledge or beliefs. And then the sixth one that we looked at last week, we called the ostrich bias, or head in the sand bias, as Lee said. Ignoring negative or dissonant information and only accepting positive or supportive information. And you may recall the visual we tried to give with Lee covering his ears. And going, la, 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 la. I don't want to hear anything that might run contrary to my already firm belief. And so I just can't underscore enough what Lee said here a little while ago. These are things that we all have the potential to do. And so we're talking about managing self-management of these biases as opposed to 
saying yes or no, do I have them or not? We all have the potential to have them. Absolutely. So let's examine six more of these important cognitive biases. The first one we're going to talk about today is called outcome bias. We judge a decision solely on the basis of the end result. Rarely do we go back to assess the decision more thoroughly and thoughtfully and holistically after the fact. Hmm. Here are a couple of examples. The financial impact of layoffs, which we see frequently in employment situations. Layoffs are often accepted as a necessary part of doing business in many circles, ignoring the negative human impact and the mismanagement that created the situation for layoffs. Instead, celebrating the end result of temporarily, very probably, increasing profits. And this one's always been interesting to me where in a situation where an organization or a company has multiple layoffs over a number of years, the first layoff that they do has all sorts of organization-wide angst, grieving, all sorts of emotion related to it. Mm -hmm. And then you see as time goes on is that happens more and more the dullness that happens, everybody gets numb to the process and we forget all the things that are happening and instead the focus is just on this outcome. Right, right. We need to get these financial results and look at the financial results that we got. And of course, what usually happens when you start doing layoffs is you just do more layoffs and your organization goes into the spinning down the drain yes. kind of kind right. of situation. Yeah, but the it, benefits are usually temporary. Yeah. And yeah. so we have this grieving of what we're doing, but then at the end we go, well, I guess that was okay to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, we, we focused got, on the outcome. We got a good result. Right. Here's another good example of outcome bias. It's called gerrymandering. You've probably heard that term. That's, hey, we're winning more elections. Well, how's that? Our people in the future who are listening to this will go, What a weird word anyway. What's that about? And then when we explain it, they'd go, you got to be kidding me. Right. That actually happened? That actually happened? People actually actually let that happen? Yeah. So gerrymandering is when jurisdictions or district lines are redrawn on a map so that one elective campaign versus another has a better chance of winning. It's kind of rigging the system in a way. So with the cost of making some people's votes, our kind of people, more important than others, and that is something that would not be tolerated if the denial of equal voting rights, processes, and value was done to us. We simply would not stand for it. A lot of this in-justifies-the-means cheating situations are really representative of outcome bias. Yeah, and we see that in sporting events, and we have that where you, can, you find out after the fact that a team that's been winning has been cheating. Yeah. And they went ahead and made a decision to, hey, it's, we don't care. Right. It's worth it. The outcome is worth, you know, what the behavior that we're doing that is wrong or what have you. The outcome, the end justifies the means. Yes. All right. Uh, The eighth one that we want to talk about today is overconfidence. This one's really interesting. Because of success we've achieved, we solely rely on our own opinion or past experience. This one's fascinating. Lots of times we may have initial success because we've involved other people and we have as a team outcome, a team result, had something happen that's good. It's great. Well, what happens then? We become more confident. Mm -hmm. We gain self-confidence. Well, what can then happen? Well, instead of doing what we did before, we now say, oh, 
I'm great. It must have been me. It must have been all about me. I can make this next decision on my own without input from others. And it's just fascinating how many leaders of every ilk, level, and form, I'm in a position of leadership because I'm more successful, smarter, better. I know how to do this. Mm -hmm. I've got this. Just trust me. Give your allegiance to me. Yes, that's the way overconfident politicians talk. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> or leaders of organizations, Absolutely. or CEOs, etc. So the cause of many upsets in contests that may be athletic, it may be political, it may be in business competition. The cause of many upsets is when success makes you slow to change or adjust or to understand that you've gotten a little overconfident. Yeah, exactly. And you've gone away from what actually worked. Yeah. I think this one couples nicely with the outcome bias for yes. this reason. So we had a good previous outcome, which gives us what? Confidence that we can make the next one occur. But we don't stop to think, oh, that previous episode involved numerous perspectives and people, and I had all kinds of assistance. We just kind of forget that part. We focus on the happy outcome and go, I've got this one. Right, yeah. exactly. So the next bias is called the placebo bias. Perhaps you've heard about placebo from the medical arena. This is when our expectation becomes the outcome or what you believe is the outcome. So placebo medicines work in this way. I give Dave basically a sugar tablet and I give a, another group of medical research respondents the real medicine and I gauge who has a better reaction. And sometimes the placebo actually does better than the actual medication, believe it or not, because people believe that they're going to get better based on it. Lee, have you ever had the situation where you're taking a medicine and on the box, it will say, you're, and you're feeling bad or something, on the box it like says, you know, this becomes effective in the next 12 hours. But literally two minutes after you pop oh, that pill, I feel in so your much mouth, better. You're already starting to feel better, and you start going, "Is this already working? Yeah, is it already?" It's that's like, no, it's not. not. It's not. Working. That's a great example of the placebo <laughs> bias. Yeah. So, how about optimism versus negativity? Mm. Our attitude choice has real effects on the results we achieve. I love this quote from Mahatma Gandhi that helps illustrate this. He said, "We but mirror the world." All the tendencies present in the outer world are to be found in the world of our body. If we could change ourselves, the tendencies in the world would also change. As a man changes his own nature, so does the attitude of the world change towards him. Mm -hmm. This is the divine mystery supreme, a wonderful thing it is, and the source of our happiness. We need not wait to see what others do. Mm. So, the more we truly believe we can do something, the more likely we will. And so I one of the great things about this particular bias and talking about it is, again, you can see that there's some real positives that somebody can do where, op you know, optimism is a wonderful thing. I will always raise my hand for optimism. At the same time, you have to make sure that you have reality mm -hmm. operating. And so one of the things that happens here in the placebo effect is there in the root of some of this is some real goodness. Absolutely. Of optimism and sure. believing, yeah, we can go yeah. do that. and Positive visualization. Yeah, having good expectations. And again, there's a flip side of the coin of there being a danger in taking that too far or going to the extent to where we're not dealing with reality. Yes. 
and having that and having that optimism. Yes. Okay. Number 10, survival bias. We only look at the experience of those who survived or succeeded, hmm. not the ones who didn't. And so we've got a couple of examples of this that, that are uh, you may kind of chuckle about or kind of shake your head about. People who get rich. And if, how many times have you heard the quotes from somebody kind of going, well, you got rich, you got wealthy. A lot of times it may be inherited. You know, how, how did you do that by birth? <laughs> right. but, but lots of times people will go, but anyone can do it if they just work hard. Right. It's just not true. It's not true. No. <laughs> it's just not no. in our system. I'm going to go ahead and say I've been working real hard for a real long time, and I'm not yet there. <laughs> There's another wonderful example that we have happen, and this one always amazes me, where in athletic events, people in the future, athletic events very frequently, I don't know if they do that in your time or not, but lots of times when sports teams win, or when individuals win things, they will be asked about, what are you thinking right there? And they will go, well, it was God's plan. Right. I mean. Yeah, I was just an instrument of God's plan here. I mean, It was seriously. foreordained. <laughs> seriously? <laughs> right, right. So uh, I'm reminded of an important concept here. So I think in previous podcasts, I've confessed that I'm an amateur historian. Well, historians have a saying that goes like this. History is written by the victors. Now, what does that ah. mean? What does that mean? I don't know that it's always true, but materially it is an accurate statement. When we read histories, particularly about wars or perhaps political elections or business contexts from years ago, we're reading through the lens of the victors, right. those who won. Rarely do we get to hear the other side of the story, right? History is written by the victors and by whoever's in power. Yeah. Whoever's in power at the time. Yeah. If you if you are in power, and you're wanting to, and you're asking, well, what just happened? Well, you're going to put the rosiest possible portrait of that, lift yourself up. Absolutely. I mean, that is the human tendency, sadly. Yes. As opposed to what the reality is. Yeah. 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 So let's go on to our next bias. Man, we got a lot of them. It's called <laughs> selective perception. Selective perception. We ignore facts, tendencies, trends, or even clear truths, and we just do what we want or believe what we want. So, mm. some examples. People who smoke frequently ignore anti-smoking ads. Why? Because they haven't been hurt yet. They haven't gotten ill yet. They haven't been perhaps diagnosed with cancer yet, right? How about those who refuse to get the COVID vaccine, mm. anti-vaxxers? Very timely example. And sad that most of those who became terminal ended up wishing that they had been vaccinated as being sick then becomes their new perspective. Mm. So we filter out real factual information that may go against our existing perceptions, our existing biases about maybe the opposite gender, or other races of people, or other groups that we don't belong to. We keep that real, factual information away from our daily line of sight because we select believing our existing biases because we like believing, quote, oh, they're different from us, and more importantly, we're somehow better. Yeah, there's a huge point here about in, in selective perception. When that is happening, it always leads to a why question. Why would I ignore anti-smoking ads? Why would I ignore the facts about vaccinations? And that's always the point that really has to be explored because lots of times 
in selective perception, the power of it is, well, we don't want to ask the why question. Mm -hmm. That's, that, that, that gets cut off at the same time that you're cutting off the information itself. You're yeah. not asking why about anything. Asking why might be uncomfortable. Yep. So there are all sorts of examples in CAST. That's C-A-S-T-E, CAST, by Isabel Wilkerson. From her perspective that we live here in the United States of America in the year 2022 in a CAST system. Mm. We may ignore or downplay events or information about other CASTs that don't fit our cast definitions. Yeah, we'll be talking more about Isabel Wilkerson's book later in this season. Okay, number 12. Almost feels like a drum roll moment. It does, yes. Yeah. Our final bias. And this one, this one, feel free to chuckle when we <laughs> read this one. It's called the blind spot bias. And this is where everyone thinks they are less biased than the <laughs> average person. <laughs> This is a bias that we have about our own degree of bias. <laughs> we, and, and this one is just underlining the point of we are biased because we think we are less biased than the average person. Yes. That is a bias. Right. And it's probably the ultimate bias. This bias can cause us to honestly not explore our own biases and not honestly explore our own disconnections with other members of our human family. As an example, and we have recently talked about this, the frequency of white men's blindness to white male privilege with retort of, I'm not racist or sexist, or I've earned or worked hard for everything that I have, or I've had a lot to overcome. Mm -hmm. Just missing the point. Absolutely just, missing the point. I don't know what else to say. It's just completely missing the point. Yep. And you're putting on blinders. Yeah. If that's if you're in response to all of the actions that happen every day as a white or as a male and all the examples of privilege, if, if you don't see that, you're just not looking. Right. So there are some forms of blind spot bias that I think are benign, right? Mm -hmm. Hey, we just, we're not aware of it. Right. Others of it become self-delusion. Yeah. I'm perfectly aware of it, but I choose not to believe it. And Lee talked about this last time. A wonderful added resource is a really good YouTube video from Practical Psychology and Ismanoff, Ismanoff TV. Hope I'm pronouncing that right. I-S-M-O-N-O-F-F. -F. I pronounced it twice, so increases my odds, right? There you go. <laughs> about these cognitive biases that has over a million views. It's called 12 Cognitive Biases Explained, How to Think Better and More Logically Removing Bias. So now we are at the point in our podcast when we speak to the future. Future, 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 future. future. Hello, guys. Yeah. So, Dave, let's imagine that we're 2,000 years in the future from where we sit here today. How do you suppose future people have overcome these biases we've talked about not only today, but in our last podcast? You know, I think, Lee, we've talked uh, a lot, and particularly when we're visiting with our future folks here we will mention education and mention getting some of the topics that we're talking about embedded into the educational structure and then with reinforcement that can happen in adult situations. And we would say the same thing here. I can't imagine an educational system in the future that our future audience would have that would not include learning yeah. about these biases, learning how our brains work. Very explicitly, very overtly, nothing yeah. to be ashamed about. Yeah. By the way, bias here in the year 2022, just that term yes. has a negative connotation, yeah. right? You're biased. We should eliminate that. And perhaps in the future you have to say, no, 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 biases exist. I love that. 
biases exist? It would get explained in the future as there's all sorts of shortcutting we do to be functional. Yeah. Sometimes we're right and sometimes, sometimes we're, we're wrong. Not. And so just learning about all of that, where as much as anything, we can challenge each other in a good way with something where somebody may say to me, yeah, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da about me, and I may go, nah, I think you may have assumed Right. A little bit too much. Can we talk through this a little bit? There may be some things I can tell you that would help you understand that. Yeah. I think this is all habit for people in the future, and you guys do this automatically, and you have a foundation of learning about it that then makes it easier. Absolutely. So why do you suppose the future will look back at us in our time and say, why couldn't you all figure this out? I think one of the challenges that we have today is that we just lots of times the the biases themselves lee i think you alluded to it it's pejorative it's negative we look at it as something and which is its own blind spot it is right where it's kind of like well yeah if you're biased that's bad and so we don't even want to talk about it Mm -hmm. and so we just don't pay attention to it but it comes out in all of these incredibly dysfunctional negative and destructive ways And we just haven't taken this on. We haven't looked at it in the face. We haven't looked at ourselves in the mirror. We just haven't done that. So that's what I would explain to you guys in the future. And you might go, why haven't you? Right. Still, we'll ask, why haven't you? Yes. And I think we're afraid. Yep. A lot of it's fear-based. Fear-based, or we feel judged, or we view ourselves as finished products, as opposed to learning and growing curious, developing people who still have a lot to learn. Yeah. Well, in closing our podcast today, we're going to restate a portion of a quote we listened to earlier from Gandhi. It states, this is the divine mystery supreme, a wonderful thing it is, and the source of our happiness. We need not wait to see what others do. Mm. So what are your pictures? What are your perspectives, your ideals? And as always, what is your influence to use? We need not wait. You need not wait. You can go do it. The world is waiting for you. Thank you so much for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you next time. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us today. As always, feel free to explore more about Pictures Out There at picturesoutthere.com and major social media sites. We hope you have the day of your dreams, the day of your pictures.